0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards, and my two regular co-hosts are conspicuously absent today. It's it's a sad it's a sad reality, but I've got a new friend in studio. Uh, Mr. Dan Rogers is joining me. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing awesome. Just we, with...
0: we just had an amazing day. Um, Dan works with a with an organization called Revive Parishes, which many of our listeners may uh, be aware of its existence. Uh, Revive Parishes is, I suppose, it's not the only thing you do, is it?
1: No, a bunch of other stuff too. Okay. But that's that's, that's that's like the, one the that I was that's the latest about. thing I suppose yeah. that we're working on. Um,
0: if, if you're interested in Revive Parishes, Parishes check it out. Uh, look it up online. It's a program meant to assist parishes and communicating the gospel more effectively. And uh, great stuff, great people, some great talent on board. Uh, Dan um, was here with us today at Damascus working on some awesome insight into the future of our own creative department and strategy here at Damascus. But before we get too deep in that, why don't we kick off today's show with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you Lord for the call that you've given us that you've placed on our lives um, lord your uh, your word your message the 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 life that you that you give the life that you have the life that you offer to us it's worth sharing God we're thankful for the message of the gospel we're thankful for the call that you've placed on each of our lives to share in the work of communicating that message and we pray Jesus that today as, uh, as we join in conversation, Lord, that you will uh, begin to speak to us again about both the importance of, uh, of, of sharing that message, the importance of engaging in the work of evangelization, and Lord, that you give us permission that we can step outside of the box in how it is that we need to utilize the gifts that you've given us to make that communication of the gospel more effective. Jesus, work in us, uh, inspire us. We pray that you convict us today, because the message that you've given us, the message you've placed inside of our hearts, Lord, it's a message worth sharing. We pray this all in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, I would be remiss not to start the show uh, with a special thanks to our um, the, the just, Yeah, this radio show, Beyond Damascus, we are a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and this show is carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network, and also downloadable wherever you download and find podcasts. So uh, if if you're excited about today's show, or if you want to hear past shows, check us out online. Beyond Damascus, if you're joining for the first time, it's a show that comes from that famous place in Scripture, right? Usually in the Old Testament, it was a place of, like, war and terrible things, and then in the New Testament, we see that it's a place of redemption, when St. Paul is on his road to Damascus to ultimately do terrible things to the Christian community there, but on the road, he meets Jesus, and at Damascus, he's empowered, filled with the Holy Spirit, he's healed, and then he's sent forth and equipped to ultimately be arguably the most influential communicator of the gospel in history, right? So, too, we are called to encounter Jesus and live that encounter on mission beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission and uh just in our time together today dan i've I've been super inspired by how you live that call and uh how really one, one of the key um the key goals of your of your of your work it seems is to is to equip others to be able to live that well um Friends, we we are the show sounds a little different, looks a little different today. We're in the midst of uh, our second week of Catholic U summer camp. So here on campus, we've got 500 middle school and high school students um, running around, having a great time. I just joined them up in the cafeteria for an amazing Taco Tuesday celebration, and. Uh, this, this, this place is a rocking place. We we are in Damascus in Centerburg, Ohio, and Catholic Youth Summer Camp is our, our flagship program where we are inviting young people to an experience of encounter with Jesus through high adventure activities leading to a high adventure faith, right? And one of the messages that that we hear communicated day in and day out here is this message of commissioning. So I wanted to kick us off with that. When we talk about the Great Commission, where do we, where do we typically go uh, typically it 's the matthew twenty eight um, great Commission where Jesus says to go out into all the world uh preaching the the good news baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit um, he says behold i 'm with you always until the end of the age right as Jesus gives us these commissionings in scripture uh, these these moments happen with some frequency um, it doesn't just happen once in matthew twenty eight uh, one of my one of my favorite verses in scripture is is mark sixteen where Jesus says, again, he says, go out into all the world and preach the good news. He says, whoever believes, whoever receives the good news and believes will be saved, and whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And then he goes on to, to talk about some of the specifics of, of what it means to actually live out that call of, uh, of preaching the good news. He says, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they'll get well Right? After this, the Lord Jesus spoke to them. He was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Uh, we see another commissioning just a, a couple books later in the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. This is uh, Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. If you've ever gone through a confirmation retreat, this is where it's at. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? And you'll be my witnesses. This is the commission of Jesus through Jer- Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, right? That oftentimes in Scripture we see these moments where where God gives us these, um, we call them commissioning, right? W- what's the What's the root of that word commission? It's the same place we get our word uh, for 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 mission for missionary right to be sent miss- miteo and uh when when we hear these words of jesus the the one thing that we that we don 't i don 't know the one thing that we that we sh- that we shouldn 't walk away from is a perspective that this stuff 's optional right uh when when God says go, he means for us to go and i I love mark 's version of the great commissioning why because because he communicates he he knows that this isn't going to be easy work, but it's going to be work that he's going to equip us for right uh and and what I like to say to our to our high school students to our missionaries to our middle school students is that there's no assignment that God's going to give you in your life that he's not not also going to empower you to accomplish effectively and uh, uh that's why i I just get so engaged and so excited when we when we chat like like Dan we did today uh about applying new tactics and new skills and new approaches toward, uh, toward cracking that same old nut. Why? Because, because, you know, it's like that story where the, where the, you know, the, the man is stuck on his roof in the flood and he, and he, I, I I forget the story. He turns down the boat and then he turns down the, 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 uh, the helicopter and then ultimately he dies on his roof and he says, God, why didn't you send some, like, why didn't you come and save me? And he said, Well, I sent you a boat and a helicopter, right? That, that sometimes when we're trying to, to accomplish this work of evangelization, we need to be, we need to be ready and receptive um, to the tools, uh, to the opportunities that he's given us right in front of our face. What do you think about that? Mm. <laughs> good stuff
1: <laughs> Good stuff. yeah preaching the gospel i'm, I'm
0: preaching for too long over here
1: <laughs> no 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 it's 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 good i i agree you know one of my favorite verses in scriptures paul says uh test everything and keep what's good yeah and um i think one of the things that convicts me to keep going and trying all sorts of new things especially when we're talking about communication yeah uh is that i go to bed at night and i say well did we really test everything yeah. or did we just do what's comfortable right you know and um out of our own human nature and our fear, you know, we want to be comfortable. We want to do what, what works and why shake up the boat. But uh, I think that's sort of the, the call that we're getting from the gospel is to go out and do new things. And so I I think, you know, uh, communication is a great way to do that. Marketing evangelization. We said earlier that, you know, all three of those things basically mean the same thing. (laughs) Uh, You know, like a marketer is trying to perhaps sell you a pair of Nike shoes, but Jesus is trying to sell you on a whole new way of living and maybe a missionary is trying to sell you on their friend Jesus, right? Like it's all kind of, um, you know, sell is not a bad word. Encourage yep. <laughs> yep. is a better word, perhaps. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, we go through this process every year with our, with our missionaries as we're, we're actually equipping them to be the ones to sell this message of evangelization in their own little sphere of influence through their missionary support raising, right? Yeah. Did you, Dan, did you ever watch, there was a video a long time ago that we always watched in youth group. It was
1: called the merchants of cool. I, no, tell me about it. I feel like, I feel like I've, maybe I've seen it. How many years ago is this?
0: I don't, it was probably, I don't know. This was probably produced in the early nineties. Okay. Uh, I remember watching reruns on it, but basically the idea was that, um, was that we are, we are constantly being marketed to, right. That everything around us is trying to convince us to live a certain way. And, uh, ultimately like persuasion is, is it's part of the art of relationship, you know, uh, sometimes when we use that word, uh, persuasion, or we can we confuse the concepts of like uh, of a persuasive conversation and a manipulative conversation. Sure, totally. And ultimately, you know, the call of Jesus was Jesus modeled perfectly for us the art of persuasion, right sure. the art of the art of effectively communicating a message that he that he profoundly believed in. Um, and and he calls us he calls us to do the same. And, uh, I, yeah, the, the merchants of cool, uh, I think it was more like a scare tactic. I forget what the ultimate conclusion was. Sorry. If you're, if you're a big fan, what was the the point of the video though? I mean, like, is it, is it like a series or like a, no, I don't remember. We're going to
1: have to put a link to the show notes down there so people can. Yeah.
0: If you want, if you want to check out the merchants of cool, we'll talk about that (laughs) at a later time. (laughs) That's Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, friends, like I said, here at Damascus, we're celebrating week two of Catholic Youth Summer Camp um, this summer. We're in we're in the summer of 2021. Uh, we couldn't ask for a more joy filled and um, dare I use the word in the midst of a, the close of a pandemic, a contagiously joyful environment um, here at Damascus. Last year, we shared a number of testimonies of people who were ju- they were so hungry to um to re-engage in actual human relationship and encounter. And and we're seeing a similar thing this year that it's like uh as as kids pull onto campus that there's almost this permission that's been that's been then mm-hmm. given to them that hey, like this is a moment, um, this is an invitation for you to step to step into relationship the way that it was intended. Mm-hmm. So uh friends, we're gonna take a short break. And when we return, we're going we're to talk more about the work that Mr. Dan Rogers is engaged in, uh, the work of Revive Catholic, and also uh, we're going to hear about his story. Why? Because this is the place where encounter meets mission, and we can't talk about mission without talking about that initial relationship with Jesus. So I hope that you'll join us. It's going to be a great show, and we'll catch you after this short break. Thanks.
1: EWTN, teaching the truth. In seeking to cultivate a devotion to the mother of God, we are simply acknowledging her as
0: the mother of all Christians, our spiritual mother in the faith, and the preeminent Christian disciple. We want to imitate her virtues, uh, follow her in her devotion to Christ. When she said, be it done to me according to thy word, do whatever he tells you, and ask for her prayers and
1: intercessions. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Prayer changes everything. We read in sacred scripture that when we come to God
0: in prayer, he changes our lot. It isn't so much that the circumstances change. It is that we change and therefore we see the circumstances differently. Prayer does everything for us. It is indeed the air that fills our soul just as the oxygen fills our lungs. We can't do without prayer. To do without prayer means we languish and we die. God wants us to have life and to have it to the full. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, once again, I'm Aaron Richards, uh, joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio in a beautiful, almost golden hour Mm. uh, here at Damascus in the midst of an awesome Catholic Youth Summer Camp week. Dan Demetate's not with us today. He is actually preaching on stage this evening. Um, I forget what Dan's message—oh, Dan's message tonight is Mary at the Foot of the Cross. Our our theme— here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, we have six year, a six year rotation on themes, and uh, last night I had the great joy of speaking about about the wedding at Cana, which was an absolute uh, pleasure. I have never given too much thought of the the depth of the story of the wedding at Cana, and I'm now almost convinced that it's my favorite story in Scripture. So, if we run out of content, we can talk about that later. <laughs> and uh, I am joined here in studio by our guest today, Dan Rogers. Um, we, we had a a little kickoff on the theme, surprise, surprise, if you are familiar with the show of evangelization, that's kind of where we go, uh, most, most days. So, uh, why? Because the message of Jesus, the message of our relationship and our life with him, it's a message worth sharing. So, uh... Dan works with an organization. Why don't you tell us about your what, what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I am a co-founder and CEO of a nonprofit called Revive Parishes. Yeah. Uh, what we do is we equip Catholic parishes all over the country uh, to help them get better at evangelization, fundraising, communications, uh, and lots of different things. One of the courses that I actually teach, so it's basically online courses for parish staff members yeah. and pastors. Uh, what I teach is a course on communication, so I've got a background in communication and marketing, and and it's, been something I've been doing for about a decade. Yeah. Uh, so one of the courses I actually got to teach myself was really to help parishes how to communicate the gospel through their bulletin website, email and lots that of things. Is like that is an
0: important gift to learn.
1: Yeah, and really fun too. <laughs> so I, I also work as a consultant and uh-huh. so helping nonprofits, apostolates, diocese really clarify their message yeah. uh, and help people to engage with their mission. So yeah.
0: So, here at Damascus, uh, you know this, maybe for listeners um who might be tuning in for the first time, so in addition to our summer camp, we run a full time missionary formation program, and we have eight quarters of formation that young adults will spend they'll spend two years with us uh engaging in active formation into how to live the life of a disciple right and um one of the quarters that we focus on is is effective parish ministry mm-hmm. right. Uh, we, we do, I know we do one session on marketing, but it would be good to check in on your, uh, masterclass before yeah. we, before we communicate that one next time. Maybe we can just plug in and have Mr. Dan Rogers come out and <laughs> give a little cameo. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Well, Dan, so uh, friends, as you know, Beyond Damascus is the show where Encounter meets mission. And why do we say that? Because, uh, I believe, and I believe that it's communicated in the gospel, even in that reading from um, from Mark that I just shared that, uh, our, our mission, our work of mission, it can't be accomplished without partnership with Jesus, right? And relationship with Jesus, it can't happen without a call, without, without a a parallel call to mission. I think sometimes we try to give one more value than the other, but truly they're tied. Jesus himself was a witness to this. So, uh, Dan, whenever we have a new guest on the show, I love to just ask them about that moment of encounter. Um, what was it that that brought you to relationship with Christ and to where you are today? Yeah,
1: great question. It's uh, something I love sharing about. So I remember a very distinct day, my parents um, came into my room and they said, hey, um, I know you're a sophomore in high school. You know, I didn't really play sports. I was kind of the artsy kid. You know, I yes. wasn't like, my friends were out like throwing footballs and stuff. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know what my plans for the summer was, but in my mind, it was anything but going to church camp. <laughs> and I remember they came in and they were like, hey, uh, great news. We just signed you up for a four-day camp. That's the best. And I was like, I think I broke my arm. Like, I can't <laughs> go to your camp. And and like, I i had been a kid that had done youth group, right? And I was, I, I, you know, I, the definition of a good kid. You know, yeah. I went to mass on Sunday. I still remember pretending to be sick in the morning when my mom would come in and say like, Hey, it's time to go to nine o'clock mass. And I'd be like, Oh, I don't feel good. And like, I remember sometimes when she would fall for it, I'd be like, how did I do this? I have superpowers, but I I, I felt guilty, right? I'd go to confession. So I, I was what you would say, a kid that grew up in a, a good Catholic church, uh, but no idea who Jesus was, right? Yep. It was, uh, it was about doing this thing to please my parents. And, and, you know, sometimes there was a cute girl there. So I, you know, I was pretty excited about going to church. But this retreat specifically, I remember them coming in and saying, You have to go. Uh, it's this discipleship thing and yeah. it's gonna be great. And I was I I thought it was the end of my life. I and, and again, I, I can't even recall what my plans were. They were probably to like do nothing. I don't yep. but I remember going and showing up. And I remember the drive specifically to the retreat center. I remember thinking, like, I'm not gonna fit in with these people. Yeah. Like these are church people. Like yep. these are these are like these are, these are like Jesus freaks, you know? And I thought to myself, like, I'm not that. I'm cool, right? I was not cool. But I thought <laughs> I was actually cool. And so I remember showing up, rolling up, getting there. And like, this guy met me in the parking lot. And he was like, I'm so happy that you're here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, he's a Jesus freak, all right, but he's nice. <laughs> and I remember, like, the, that's like a good summary of the first two days of the retreat where— yeah you know, I started opening up. I saw my friends from high school were also at the retreat and they weren't like pained by it. And so I started opening up and uh, they had skits and dramas. A lot of the kind of stuff that, that you guys do here at Damascus was, was a part of the DNA of what we did on the retreats. You had testimonies, you had witness talks, you had mass and adoration. Uh, And I remember very distinctly on like the third night was like adoration night. Mm -hmm. And I was perplexed why all of these people were dropping to their knees. Some of them are crying. And I was like, why is she sad? Like, what is happening here? And uh, I remember just praying a prayer and saying, God, like if you're there, yeah, like, like, let me know, you know? And, and I remember having an encounter and um, distinctly after that, I, I had this like deep desire to go to confession and the poor priest, I, I mean, I probably just terrified him because <laughs> I thought like, I'm going to go to confession and I haven't had like a good confession in yeah. years. So I was like, what do I do? So I went to my, my counselor and it's like, Hey, I need help. What do I do? And he's like, just write it down. And I probably had like a like eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper of like all my sins. And I just like cried. I told the priest. And uh, I just remember walking away thinking like, man, if that's Jesus mm-hmm. and I've just confessed my sin, like what's the next step? I got to like pick up my mat here and follow this guy. Like yeah. I have to do like I have to live my life differently. And after that, I remember thinking when I got home, the week that I got home, I was like, I got to like be a missionary. Like I have to tell other people about this. Like this mm. is crazy. And I remember going to my youth minister and saying, Hey, I want to do net ministries, you know, which I'm sure some of your listeners yeah, are familiar yeah. with national evangelization team. I wanted to do that. Like, cause I, these people impacted me. And so then he was like, great, let's, let's make a plan for the next two years to get you involved in youth group, you know, help you be a core team member and, and start, you know, working with me and helping me and, and, and then we'll get you to apply for net. And so that's what I did. And I, I started, I started, uh, getting more involved, did two years of net ministries, um, you know, one year in Minnesota, another year traveling. And then after that, just like any good Catholic man, I was like, I have to be a priest. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had prayed about it and said, this is this is what God wants me to do. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, I remember thinking like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be a priest, but yeah. isn't that the point of the seminary to go there and to discern and to pray? And, um, and I thought, you know, if God doesn't want me to be a priest, I'm not going to get accepted. And so I went and applied, and of course I got accepted. And uh, because you were living and breathing, (laughs) I was. Wow, that's that's brutal. But uh, no, I was. I was. What they told me, they were like, "You're so normal." And I thought, what a great you know thing to say to somebody. Yeah. And so, had a great time in the seminary. Uh, I was in the seminary for six years. uh, Met some of my closest friends. Really deepened my encounter with the Lord. Meanwhile, ever since like elementary school and middle school, I was doing Mm -hmm. like media. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember going to my elementary school teacher and saying, we could put together a website that kids could see their homework on. And it was like Yahoo GeoCities. You remember I, I this? I had a
0: GeoCities site. You, oh my yeah, gosh. I yeah. had an Angel Fire site too. We were talking yeah, about this last I year. I
1: had one of those too. But like, <laughs> I made her a GeoCities website where our homework was posted. So if any kids forgot our homework in fifth grade, you could go on the website. Oh man, I, and I bet it's still there. It's probably no, gone. No, GeoCities is completely cached at this point. It's It's gone. So... Yeah. We created this thing and, and then after that I was like, I'm gonna be involved with video production and, yeah. and in high school I was like in student government and then I was we had this like Friday show. Yep. That was like the the most important thing you could do in high school was to be on the cast of the Friday show. Yep. And it was so important that you had to apply and you had to audition. And that if you got on Like one, you would it would be one of your classes that you would produce the show. We get to run around campus. We had like a stack of hall passes. We could. It's a public school. Video camera. Yeah, and we got to make all these cool skits and and sketches and stuff that was funny, and people would complain, and we had a great time. But after that, I you know had been involved with all sorts of different marketing communications. So in the seminary, you know, some of the seminarians were out like going for jogging. Some of the guys were doing weightlifting or playing football. But I was kind of like working on marketing. So. Uh uh doing writing photos videos all sorts of things so um after seminary you know I, I discerned that god was not calling me to be a priest yep and uh i met my wife shortly thereafter who or the woman who became my wife and uh yeah we've had a really fun run she's a, a ministry person she's a writer she's written a couple books she's very involved with, yeah. with ministry and uh yeah now we live in austin texas we have a two-year-old yep he's awesome you just moved right just moved yeah just moved from denver that's fantastic, which is affectionately known as the Holy Land for any of our <laughs> listeners out there who are
0: no hailing no, from the mile high stadium. Working on a new Holy Land here in Centerburg, Ohio. We're, <laughs> we're vying for position. There we go. Um, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That's that's so cool. And uh, to echo to echo the words of your of your, I guess, seminary admissions team. Um, it's it's good to hear a normal story of meeting Jesus and. Dedicating life to him, right? Because I think I think a lot of times I don't know. Um, every testimony is a good testimony. Why Why is a testimony like the greatest tool for evangelization? It's because no one can contest your story. That's exactly right, right? Because because I'm sharing from my own personal experience and personal encounter, and that's a that's a model even in in today's um overtly secular culture, right? That that w- whether you're talking about sharing your story of encounter with Jesus and evangelization, or you're, you know, talking about some of the values of whether it's the Me Too movement or like uh, our, our stories matter, our experiences matter, our yeah. words matter. So, um, I just, I, I wanted, I wanted to pull that piece, like, uh, friends, never be afraid to share your story, Right. Uh, whether you're sharing with a with a peer, whether you're sharing with your youth group, whether you're sharing with your children, whether you're sharing with your grandchildren, like your your story, your story matters. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm a big fan also of forcing your kids to do holy things. So uh, <laughs> have it, right? I mean, don't have it. <laughs> we have a lot of we have a lot of students here who who come and participate in Catholic Youth Summer Camp uh, every year who whose whose parents um you know push them out the door and. Uh, I think, I think a lot of times in, in today's culture, we've, we've got this, we've got this issue where a lot of times parents see themselves more as friends than as like leaders of our families. Sure. And, um, parents don't be afraid to push your kids out the door into something that, that you feel like the Lord's telling you is, is a good, is a call, you know, for your, for your kids to grow in the practice of their faith. Um. We'll take care of the homesickness here, guys. Uh, and uh, if, if you if you can get them into the into the position to respond, right? That that's a that's an amazing um, that's an amazing move to make. And it sounds like one that was really impactful for you.
1: Yeah, and I I remember going back years and years later after the same camp to be a counselor and to you know help kids. Yep. And I would tell them, "Hey, I know where you're at." I know exactly what you're thinking. You're cursing your parents at this point yeah. for sending you here. That's okay. Like yeah. you can, you can feel that, Yeah, but get over it. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like this, this guy next to you is thinking the same thing. Get over it, you know, give it a chance. And, uh, you know, a friend of mine used to say, God has a hard time driving a car with parked tires, you know, and these kids <laughs> would just, I mean, obviously he can inflate them, but <laughs> the, the analogy is easy to, to see Yeah, yeah. that some of these kids just came in so mopey, you yeah. know, and it's like, well, it's no wonder you're not getting anything out of this. Like, yep. you're not listening and, and paying attention. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I, I recommend that, you know, now that we, we have a two-year-old and we're, you know, constantly every night, the conversation on the dinner table is like, how do we help Jack be an intentional yeah. disciple? You know, how do we get him excited about his faith? Uh, you know, you, you have to lovingly encourage them to do things. But I think something that my parents modeled well is they were also willing to go on retreat, right? So they didn't just force me to do things. To do the thing that they
0: weren't. Thinking. Yeah,
1: they they were modeling it in yeah. a way, right? And and it was something that I saw the joy that they did, you know. And so it it became apparent that I thought, well, I mean, they're doing it. It must not yeah. be that that bad. So yeah. that, that really helped. I thought. Yeah,
0: uh, Dan, I think my favorite, my favorite. Take away from your testimony is uh, is the fact that from an early age you you were innately aware of the fact that you had this desire to communicate to communicate right it was it was through uh, through the arts and through television and through media and through marketing through GeoCities websites right and uh, I, I think a lot of times we I don't know we we, we come into a practice of um, Christianity with this false perception that. Like if I'm going to be holy, if I'm going to be used by God, I have to be a priest, mm-hmm. or I have to enter the convent right um because that that's a that's a great model that we see for holiness and for and for giving our life away, but uh ultimately like what what that verse that I shared from mark chapter sixteen, the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompany it. Oftentimes I believe that what what we don't need in the church, I guess we do need more priests, right? We do need more religious. we need people to answer to those radical calls, but um we don't need more of the same, right we, What we need is is a body of Christ that that is ready to uh, take those gifts and those talents and that call that he's placed on our hearts and to put it at his service why because because he's going to work with us. And confirm his word by the signs that accompany our work right and and you're such a testimony to that because God's doing amazing things through now those uh those skills that were honed in the halls of a high school you know running around making skits and recording videos uh i I work here as our as our director executive director for operations and so many times i'll get in the in the middle of a project and uh have like this i don 't know a strategy for accomplishing some some task that ultimately helps us to communicate uh, the gospel to kids and uh and I look back and I think, man, little did I know that when I was working in a um, home repair company with my dad right that that God was actually beginning to to instill those gifts those tools that he wanted me to be able to have access to to be able to be the evangelist that I am today. Hmm so don't let your gifts go unappreciated like we, we we say thank you to the Lord for everything that he's given us and and here's an invitation to you again um to put our to put our gifts at the service of of the lord okay uh you, you talked about you gave us a little teaser about revived parishes Tell me about like what what's the work that's come out of um what is the fruit that 's come out of that work like what are you what are you guys doing now you, um and how's it being received by the church?
1: Yeah, great question. So when I worked at a parish, uh, yep. I worked at a, a large parish in Phoenix, the Diocese of Phoenix, and uh, I was the Director of Communication and Marketing. Uh, very large parish. We had a staff of 35 people, full-time employees. Many of them had master's degrees wow. in theology. I mean, this was like a, a small diocese, basically. Uh, multi-million dollar budget, great pastor, good leadership oh. team. I mean, it's almost the ultimate parish. And uh, I remember that so many people in the parish on my staff, uh, they were saying, we don't know anything about communication. Uh, We don't know anything about fundraising. We don't know anything about all of these different facets of ministry, even evangelization. You know, people that worked in uh, maintenance or that worked in some other area, the receptionist, for example. She didn't really have a good understanding of of what it meant to make disciples or, you know, things like that. Um, And so I thought to myself, Gosh, if our parish with infinite resources, the yeah. most talented people, great leadership, if they don't understand some of these key, uh, you know, foundations of what it means to have a healthy, thriving, growing parish, uh, what are most parish staff like? You know, what do what they, they like? And for most pastors, they have a couple options. You know, you could send books around to all the staff and say, yeah. hey, read this book, or which it's not very effective. Number two, some books are great, too, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work, right? We're busy. Pair staff members, if, if any of you listening are a pair staff member or you have been one, you know, it's constantly go, go, go. Thank you for your
0: service. Yeah, exactly. You're, <laughs>
1: you're going to get to heaven quicker than us. Uh, but the other option would be to go to a conference, right? So you'd jump in a plane, you'd fly, you know, thousands of miles away, you'd spend a whole weekend out of the office and you'd learn some stuff from a bunch of speakers and you'd go home and you would try to implement it, uh, which is expensive and time consuming. And so we said, what if we could take experts, and not only experts, but practitioners, uh, men and women uh, who have given their life to the church, specifically yep. in parish ministry, and say, hey, you have one or two hours to share across the coffee table from a parish uh, minister or a volunteer or a ministry leader. Mm-hmm. What would you teach them about evangelization or youth culture or millennials and Gen Z or communication? And so what that turned into is 15 courses, um, or I guess 16 courses at this point, point. Um, under a range of topics almost about 65 hours of content professionally produced content uh, that we worked with each of these people to create um, basically a a condensed version of a book which they teach in about two hours yeah Uh, and then from there we we have discussion questions that parish staff members all over the country uh, right now we're in gosh probably 2,500 3,000 different parishes Mm. all over the country uh, with at least one person learning and sharing with their parish staff members and so uh, it's grown really organically. Uh, we've had a lot of great partnerships with folks. Um, and we're going to continue to keep, uh, these courses available. Uh, it used to be expensive. You know, it used to be a big investment for pastors. And yeah. with COVID, uh, and some really generous benefactors, uh, companies like LPI, OSV, the Augusta Institute, the Hollow app, yeah. lots of people that you're familiar with, uh, really stepped up and said, let's make this free. And so they made a big investment so we could give it away forever for free as a gift to the church.
0: That's awesome. How do, how do we find it before we get too
1: far? Yeah, reviveparishes.com.
0: Okay. And would this be appropriate for people who aren't working in a parish environment? As yeah, well?
1: absolutely. So it's designed not only for parish staff members and, and pastors, yeah. but also for ministry leaders. So if you are a catechist, if you're working on a core team in youth ministry, uh, if you are on the stewardship council... Uh, if you're a member of the parish leadership team, parish advisory That's council, awesome. anybody that has an active role in ministry, yeah, um, we also have one course that I'm really, really excited about. We just released uh, with a with a guy named Ryan O'Hara, amazing yeah. evangelist, uh, someone who has been deep in the trenches of person to person evangelization uh, for decades, and I think one of the most inspiring people that you and I both know. Yeah, uh, Ryan just created a course uh, called Everyday Apostles. Uh Uh, how to share the story uh, of Jesus with your friends. That's sweet. Uh, And it's awesome. It's all about building relationships, asking questions, paying attention when people are talking, you know, all of the key foundational pieces to, to going out on mission and and sharing your faith, all the stuff that we kind of skip sometimes when we just talk about apologetics, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. This is like how to listen to people and how to build trust uh, and then share your faith with them. So his course is designed for anybody in the pews. Uh, It's, it is not just for, you know, staff members or volunteers. Yeah. It's really for anybody. And so uh, we've had thousands of people take that course and just love it. And that so uh, I'm, I'm so excited to get his message out. Ryan is uh, one of the greatest voices I would say in the church these days. Um, and so, yeah, lots yeah he's of cool doing stuff. a
0: solid job. So revive parishes.com yep. and uh, check it out. If you have any interest in growing in your own skills as an evangelist, um, Dan, share with me some of the testimonies that you've heard. It, it if you are like most Catholics in existence in the world today, uh you're a member of par you're a member of a parish, and you are hopefully not just observing areas that could be improved, but you're actively praying for and um and advocating for and fighting for the life and success and holiness of your of your your priest and your parish staff and um how are you seeing the the fruit of this program work out?
1: Yeah, great, great question. So um you know, I, what I always encourage people, and I've been in this position before, where people say sometimes, gosh, my parish is awful, I'm going to quit, or yeah. I'm going to leave. Uh, I'm going to leave staff, I'm not going to volunteer there anymore, I'm going to go somewhere else. And while you need to make the right decision for your family, I get it, you also need to ask yourself, is this the Holy Spirit prompting me to be yeah. the one that makes a difference? Yeah. Like, is this, is this, like, cultivation of uncomfortable feelings and, like, energy, is that, is that God asking me to do it. And so Revive was really created to reward that kind of curiosity yeah. in people where they say like, gosh, I want to start, you know, I want to start helping the pastor create a culture of stewardship in our parish, yep. right? So I'm going to volunteer, but this is going to help give me the gifts. And so uh, we've gotten hundreds of testimonials from people uh, that have said, gosh, I had no idea this area of ministry, you know, how I could learn, um, you know, from from people Uh, lots of great testimonials from pastors uh, who have used it with their parish staff. So instead of doing, you know, for a parish staff day of formation, uh, they watch a course and we, you know, we stop the courses every, basically every 10 minutes into like bite sized chunks. Uh, And then there's discussion questions you can do in a group. So, you know, how could we implement this? And we teach people how to make a plan. Um, There are a lot of great solutions out there. You can have consultants come or you can do that. But this is really uh, a great DIY solution uh, for pastors and ministers who want to, uh, get started for completely free, you know, to, awesome. to implement this. So yeah, lots of, uh, you know, what we really teach are foundation skills and mindsets. Yep. That's what we we, we really want to get into. So, you know, a foundation, like how are you, how are you, you know, what is your formation in this area? Yeah. Is it good? You know, is it lacking? And, and what is, what are you hoping to learn? Um, in mindsets, you know, are you looking at the problem of, for example, why millennials are leaving the church? Yep. Are you looking at the problem correctly? Are you looking at it of, of, you know, hopelessness? Or are you looking at it with, you know, opportunity and, and, you know, what is that, what is the main mindset that you're going into it? And then skills, you know, what actions are you taking as a minister or a staff or, or a parish, you know, a pastor, um, to help either affirm those, <laughs> you know, mindsets or to make a difference. And yeah. so, uh, for example, one of our, our favorite courses, uh, is a course called Gen Z and Millennials with Katie Prajan McGrady. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's a writer. Former high or former youth minister, high school teacher, theology. uh, In her entire course, is devoted to helping people understand what goes in the on in the mind of a Gen Z, uh, a person who is part of Gen Z. Yeah, you know, they grew up as the Hunger Games generation versus millennials. My generation grew up in the Harry Potter generation. If you're going to say X Men, that would be no. So, like Harry Potter, the story of (laughs) Harry Potter. Has shaped the culture it, of a yeah. lot of millennials. That yeah. like anything is possible. Where Hunger Games, it's almost like uh-huh. you have to do something to protect yourself. Okay, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna really, that one out. but these are like mindsets that are yeah. going on in the minds of, of these kids, and and culture has been shaped by that. And so she basically gives a plan for if you can understand what's going on in the mind of somebody, um, and and be under be able to understand their motivations. You know, you you if if any of you listening have kids that are part of Gen Z. Uh, you know that they're highly motivated to make a difference in the world. They love charity. They love getting out there and rolling their sleeves up, especially after COVID, uh, to go and do something in the world. And so that, Katie explains, is a powerful uh, motivation for parishes, and it should be something that gets us excited, not fearful. So we shouldn't be thinking, oh my gosh, how do we keep them in the church? But how do we... Take their gifts and get more of them in the church yeah. by by empowering them, which yeah. is exactly I think with the mission you guys do here. Yeah, so. that's
0: awesome. So we we like I said earlier. So Dan, you're you're with us here at Damascus because we're we're going through a process right now of really soul searching and asking how can we um and uh, praise the Lord. We're in the midst of a, of an incredible season of growth right now. How can we how can we crystallize and strategize so that so that we can magnify what the Lord's doing here. Um, and one of the things that, that stood out to me so powerfully today was, uh, well, well, two pieces. Yeah, number one, that that so many times w- we like to say that you know we've got those those age old tropes that we know we know who's going to win the battle at the end of the day, right? That uh, we can talk about, we can we can call Good Friday good because we know that Easter Sunday is on the horizon, but that's not the that's not that's not the way that we actually live our lives. Oftentimes. Um, Damascus is sort of founded on that principle that hey you know within ten years of their confirmation that that five out of six young people are gonna leave the practice of their faith and um there's this there's this focus on okay if i wanna if I wanna stem the tide if i wanna if I wanna stop the the you know stop the bleeding in the church that that we've we've got to fight to hold on to what we're losing and that was never the message of evangelization right uh there's there's that uh, classic, I guess not. Not not classic yet. But um, Pope Benedict made that kind of prophetic declaration that the church has got to prepare itself for a time of of shrinking back and becoming smaller. And I, I think sometimes we hear words like that, and it sort of it comes across as an admission of defeat. Um, and in the words of Pope Benedict, no, that's not at all what he was communicating in in, in context, right? But that that ultimately, if we believe the words of Jesus. That we're to go out and to make disciples of all nations, right? Not not of individuals in nations, but disciples of actual nations, right? We're called to disciple nations that we're called to baptize. Uh, that that he intends to he intends to see us accomplish the work that he's charged us for, right? And um, and the the second piece was I, I just I love how Dan you have you you've brought such an excellence to an art form. That is traditionally associated with a with a a purely secular perspective on marketing and sales, right? Um, the merchants of cool uh, reminded <laughs> me that I need to be I need to be afraid of people who are marketing, um, who are trying to sell me on stuff, right? Because they're vying for my attention, they're vying for my time. Um, but but God's giving you such a gift to be able to take that that particular area of um, artful. Uh, effortful communication and to be able to actually use that as a tool to communicate the gospel. Um, so friends, check out the work of Dan Rogers at reviveparishes.com um particularly that uh, the the what was the course on millennials and yeah Gen millennials and
1: Gen Z with uh, Katie Prajan McGrady? Okay, cool. awesome.
0: And the uh, and the uh, apostles. What was the apostles one? Called? Everyday apostles. Everyday apostles. Yep. I think those would, those would be good good ones for for listeners of our show. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap up this message. Um, we we will pray for you, and um, we're gonna talk about how it is that we can actually live that call every day in our life. I want to hit on the power of the testimony and how it is we can put the gifts that God's given us uh, to service for upbuilding the kingdom. All right, we'll join you right after this break. Uh, Thank you for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. This is Brian Howell, Operations Manager of Salt and Light Radio in Idaho. Thanks to Catholic Radio, lives have been changed, marriages have been saved, and people have found their way into the church. When you're looking for messages of
1: peace, hope, and love, you'll find them right here. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Now there's a fast and easy way to get in touch with EWTN. The EWTN Everything Number. Call 1-800-447-EWTN to get the latest information on programming, special events, pilgrimages, and more. Our EWTN Family Viewer Services representatives are ready to help you with whatever your needs may be. The EWTN Everything Number. 1-800-447-EWTN. EWTN.
0: And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Friends, Beyond Damascus, as you know, is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're recording here in the beautiful Damascus Media Studio today, and I don't know if we're going to upload it or not, but we're practicing. Here's a hint, if you haven't already received it. um, We have recently outfitted our entire studio with some amazing camera photography equipment, Minus some ND filters that we need to put on our camera lenses. Uh, recommendation of a beautiful videographer that I know named Dan Rogers. <laughs> uh, friends, Beyond Damascus is not only going to be on podcasts, but soon we're going to be on YouTube as well. So um, I don't know if you're going to be watching this show on YouTube or not, but if you are, forgive me for, I don't know, re- yeah, never mind. I'm excited <laughs> that you're here. You're excited that you're here. This has been a great show. Dan Rogers is sweet. I've been talking all day. My words are coming slowly, <laughs> if you can't tell already. Uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap up today's show. It's been an awesome witness into I, I think what God has done in your life. And I, I wanna I wanna kinda pull this around to see um to share this call with our listeners today of uh what I think God wants to speak to you today. So one of my favorite experiences here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, and I'm sure you can witness this in your time with with NET um, and uh, in your various other experiences in ministry, is uh, there's something profound and powerful about the experience of sharing testimony about the work that God's done mm. in, in your life, right? Every, every week at the end of the week here at Catholic Youth Summer Camp, we have opportunity for the campers themselves to uh, to stand up and to witness to their peers— the the work that god has done in them um just today we were we were up here in the studio and one of our guys was was editing uh one of those testimonies that we experienced last week and it's it's just always it's so profound to see um that when you share your story like dan you you've you've shared a a story that i don't know might resonate with with some of our listening audience today from a practical standpoint in terms of the fact that this might be something that uh a passion that they too share. Um, or it might witness to a, to a weakness that people have as well. Right. Um, I, I have, I have met, uh, some people in my life who don't have the same, um, passion and drive and competency in effectively communicating or effectively communicating through graphics or through video or through, or through copy. Right. And, uh, the cool thing that i that i that i want to witness to we see in in the book of revelation there's this amazing um word that the scripture speaks to us it says this the 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 testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy those words um those words can can mean for us the way that i the way that i receive those the way that i preach on these words is that when when we testify to the work that jesus has done in our lives it 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 is it is in itself a prophetic statement of what God will do, can do, in in somebody else's life in the future, right? That when I give testimony of the way that God's worked in me, it actually, it's an invitation for God to do the same thing that he's done in me in somebody else. When, when we sit here at the table, Dan, and you share the amazing work that you're doing in reviving parishes um, in the program revive parishes, right. That, uh, not only is it encouragement to me, but it's, it's like that. It's like that. It's a shot in the arm, um, brother to brother of, Hey, you know, uh, rest assured that the good work that God is doing in me, he wants to do in you. He wants to offer you for the sake, for the upbuilding of the church. And, um, uh I, I said it at the start of the show. I'll say it again. I, I want to kind of I want to kind of wrap up today's um today's messaging with this that your testimony, friends, is powerful. Right? Your testimony is powerful. Um Dan, you witnessed to that encounter you had at the at the beginning of that first retreat that it was the guy in the parking lot who kind of broke the ice for you. Um what what, what did he say? Uh I'm happy that you're here, Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, I think I think so many times we we're waiting for the life changing message that our kids need to hear, or that our peers need to hear, um, or that our coworkers need to hear, to come from some powerful voice on the Beyond Damascus podcast, right? Or to come from some uh, there, yeah, uh, or to come from some powerful voice on on the radio or on YouTube or 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 whatever the case may be, or 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 gosh, I just hope that that message that my son needs to hear is, is that, that father, you know, nails that home in, in today, in this Sunday's sermon, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to, I'm going to ship my kids off to Catholic youth summer camp so that they can hear a life-changing, maybe the story that your kids need to hear is coming from your mouth. Like maybe the story that, that your grandchildren need to hear is the story that he's given you to be able to share. Um, we, I want to invite you friends to not underestimate the power of your testimony and, um, and to, be, to be willing to take that and to share that with those people that you love most. Why? Because that testimony of Jesus, it's the spirit of prophecy. It's what, it's what God can use. It's what God desires to use to change the world. Amen? Amen. Cool. We're gonna, we're gonna pray for you. Um, and then, we'll, then we'll wrap up today's show. Uh, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, God, we are we are so thankful for the call that you've placed on our life today. Lord, could you do this all on your own? Yeah, I, I think you could, and you'd probably do a heck of a lot better job than than we could. Oftentimes when we when we hear that 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 you want us to be your hands and feet, God, I think we hear that with sort of this idea in mind that, well, I guess we'll just be your hands and feet until maybe a time at which you can come do it for yourself. But no, Jesus, you actually, you desire to share your mission with us. In the Gospels, we see that those moments of commissioning, they, they, they weren't just your, they weren't your plan B. Um, those were your plan A. You sent the apostles into the world um, two by two to go out and to, uh, to, to preach the gospel, to minister with miracles and signs and wonders. And you did it while you were still in service. Right? That God, you call us to an amazing mission. You empower us for mission. You give us the grace to respond. Um, Jesus, you give us the tools that we need to be able to accomplish the work of evangelization in our lives. Why? Because you actually desire to work in us. You desire to work in us. So, Jesus, I pray today that any fear or apprehension when it comes to the work of evangelization, Jesus, that we'd be able to lay it down. At your altar, we'd be able to lay it down at your feet, that we'd be able to willingly and courageously receive that call to the service of your church, to the service of your bride. And as uh, we heard in today's testimony, God, that even if you're developing in us um, skills that might seem unsuited to the work of a parish, God, that you'll give us that spark of creativity to be able to receive your guidance, to be able to receive your direction so that we can put our gifts, our talents, once again, at your service. Dan, you want to you close us out in prayer? Yeah,
1: and Lord, I ask that you would continue to give us courage, energy, um, excitement about this, this great gift that you've entrusted us with called mission. Yep. And we ask that you would continue to awaken in us awe and wonder uh, in the great things that you do in our midst. And we ask that you would continue to inspire us to do your will and to do it very, very well.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dan, thanks Amen. for joining us on today's show. Once again, ReviveParishes.com is the place to go for some awesome resources. Uh, before I knew you, um, one of our directors here, Ben Huber, shared Revive Parishes with me. That's awesome. And uh, I will admit, at first, I was a bit intimidated um, because it's awesome. You're, <laughs> the quality of stuff you guys are putting out is sweet. Thanks. So uh, thank you for thank you for the work that you're doing and for offering it. Yeah, For those in service in the church. Um, Friends, uh, you're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Thank you for joining us today. I'll echo the call I gave you at the beginning of the show. Beyond Damascus is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. We're carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And if you're not listening on the radio, if you're catching us on a podcast, or if you'd like to hear a rerun of today's show to listen again or to share it with a friend or a loved one, Um, Feel free to download this show wherever podcasts can be found, and uh, check out—we've got a ton of shows on there of awesome content when it comes to the work of evangelization. If you want to hear more about Beyond Damascus, more about Catholic Youth Summer Camp, or uh, the work that God's doing here in this community, check it out. Thank you for joining us today, friends. We'll catch you again next week. God bless.